Welcome to Conversations. This is Paul Schreiner. I am one of four show hosts on Conversations. In other words, I'm here one, uh, one Monday evening per month. There are three others who do this responsibility. And Conversations is a show that is designed to introduce to the community somebody that has something to say that we think is worth listening to. Um, we've had almost everybody from every walk of life on Conversations. I'm, tonight I'm here surprisingly with my wife, who's looking at me like something's wrong. So I'm putting the earphones on, and it seems to me that everything is working just fine. We are amateurs. This is volunteer radio. Anyway... Conversations is a one-hour conversation with someone who we think has something to offer to our community. And tonight's my guest is a person with, and I, I kind of wrestled with uh, how to introduce this. And I just thought that it was a very unique and interesting and very informative story. Thank you. So I'm starting with that. I am introducing to our community Denise Bowker. And Denise, I thought of lots and lots of ways to start, and I've decided to just say, so what's your story? Oh, okay, thanks. Put all the pressure on me. All the pressure is on you. Start anywhere you want to. Good job, Paul. Well, all right, so we'll start off, we'll, we'll start with the punchline. I am a transgender woman, and I have um, not completed transition, but it, it, it's, a, it's a work in progress. It goes on forever. But if you want to start at the beginning, it started a long time ago, like when I was four. When I was four, I was sensing that something wasn't right. I don't know what it is. So I talked to my, my mom about it, and, and um, her reaction was, you're being silly or, you know, something like that. And I was four. I don't remember everything about it. Right. But I do remember the feeling that I got of, you know, work with the cards that you've been dealt, and, and here you go. Okay, that's, I had a four-year-old, you're thinking of that. Well, no, I'm not okay. thinking of that then. But, you know, you look back on it, and, and right. that's kind of what I, you know, have taken away. And, and so, you know, you go through life, and you do basically what society expects you to do. You know, I right. went to school, I got married, I had kids, I put them through college. Denise. Yes. Your voice does not tell us your age. You are not 24 years old. I am not 24 okay. years old. You, you can tell us whatever range you want to, but give us some <laughs> idea how long you've been around. Okay, so when I uh, first talked to my mom, that was in 1966. Okay. Okay. Do so the math, I am, folks. I am 56 <laughs> years old. Okay. So uh, there you go. Okay. And, and I, I try not to look my age either, but, you know, okay. I, I, I feel... <laughs> this isn't <laughs> That's television. That's what we all this do. Isn't, exactly, this isn't television. You Jane know. and I are only in our 30s. <laughs> uh, you, you know what? I would have said 28, uh, yeah. 29. And <laughs> Premature gray hair. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You know, and, and as they say, we have a face for radio. It just right. Works, right. It just works great. Okay, so you're so, four years you old. So I'm four years you're old. you're sensing. And I'm sensing something's wrong. But as a four-year-old, you, you just don't have words to say... Mm. I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Right. So, um, I, so it kind of gets poo-pooed, you know. Now, remember, this is 1966, not 2016. Right. You know. So, th this wasn't a condition. So, if you think about, you know, what was happening back in '66 in this um, environment, right. uh, you've got uh, Renee Richards. 
Renee Richards. There you go. We can stop there. So she was a, um, a tennis player. Right. And um, was transitioning. And I sucked up all that news like I there was no tomorrow just to see. Was she that early? I believe it was early 70s. Okay. I, yeah. Okay. ish Okay. I would buy that. You're not yeah, 66. And, and when I was four, I wasn't reading the news, right. obviously, and not right. paying attention to it. But by the time I was 10 and 12... Yeah, I was getting dribs and drabs, and I, you know, I, I know what the newspaper is, and I can read. So right. I would, you know, just go through and look for articles, and um, I thought, wow, this person has some, you know, chutzpah, and and goes through and, and oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and just just what Renee went through was just unbelievable back then, and and it's getting better now, but it's still not perfect. So um, life goes on, and, and things. You know, just progress, and it, after it, life quiets down, the, the children graduate from college, and I actually kind of sensed something was going on. I life was winding down. After you graduated from college? No, after after my kids graduated from college. So when when oh my, my kids, you know, with the time that, um, so the time that I got married, life gets really busy. You know, you're you're working on your career. Right. Your mind is totally active on focus on, you know, this marriage thing is new. And so you really can't, um, idle minds. I just didn't have an idle mind then. The kids were coming along, you know, the kids were born. And when they graduated from college, there's a lot of spare time. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. I had four kids. When my first one went to college, I cried. When my fourth one went to college, I turned to my (laughs) wife as we drove away from Bloomington and I said... Party time! Exactly. (laughs) So, as it turned out, once my kids started in college, I went back and got my master's degree. That was just, you know, it kept me busy. What was the master's in? Comp sci, computer science. Okay. So, so I have a degree from DePaul. Okay. Um, And I got that, I got that the same month that my daughter got her master's, (laughs) and the same month that my son graduated his undergrad. Okay. So all of us graduated at the same time. So that was like a balloon popping. Now there's nothing left. Is this is 15 years ago? No, this is like, uh, this would have been 2014. Oh, just, just a few yeah. years ago. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. So um, I, I'll jump up a little bit. And um, by October of 2015, so that was, what, 28 months ago. Okay. Two, two years, four months ago. Five months, whatever. Um, I, I was going nuts. My mind was just, this isn't right. This is wrong. This is absolutely, uh, th- I can't do this anymore. So without getting into real gory personal details, I ended up talking to my, to my sister about this. I had no idea what it was. I really didn't. All I, I knew I had these, these feelings that, that kind of hard to describe. I was never angry that I was a guy. So if you go through and, and read all the textbooks and read all the, the personal stories and, and all these the trans people are always saying, I felt trapped, and I, I just didn't feel that way. So I'm thinking, okay, that's not what it, this is. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not... So what people end up saying is, are you trans enough? Well, oh. <laughs> it's, not a, it, it's not a great... Well, I guess it is a grayscale in some areas, but you either are or you're not. So in my case... I, I, I talked to my sister about this, and, and that night I ended up, she lives in New Jersey, and I went out and, and was spending the weekend with her, and I told her what I was feeling, and, and I went out that night, I had um, 
like a high school reunion, I think it was. And when I came back, she said, read this that's on my screen. So I'm reading on the screen. I'm like, oh, my, this is a thing. And at the top, it described what gender dysphoria is. So if you look up, and, and your readers can do this, look up what gender dysphoria is. What they used to call it. Gender identity disorder. Right. So it's not really a disorder, and it's not a disease. It's not really, it's just the way I am. It's something that you're, it's, we can get into the biology of this, but it basically comes down to there was a mix-up in the chemicals in the womb. And depending upon how far off they are is how extreme the condition is. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the people that I know that are transitioning with me, if you will, I mean, you know, you kind of form a clique after a while. You start meeting people that are doing the same thing. And and, um, we all kind of felt the same way. and, And it all hit us all around the same time when the kids graduate and in some cases i've got some friends that are in their early 30s and they've got very young kids that are going through this and and so that's very difficult but in in one case uh one of my friends their uh, their kids will never know that they didn't have two moms it's just the way it is because they're they're very young and the transition's already started so they're going to be fine it's the kids that are you know, in their middle school, high school years, that those are the ones that, mm-hmm. that I think that's more challenging for the kids at that point and, and more challenging for the transitionee. By the way, the, the one thing that, that I'm not comfortable talking about is people that transition in the other direction. There are just about as many trans men as there is trans women. And why are you not comfortable talking about that? Because it's a different, it, it's a different mindset. The, the condition is the same condition. But we go through different emotions in some cases. Uh, for example, um, <laughs> you'd be able to, to attest to this. I'm, See, you're referring I'm sorry, to Jane. To yeah. Jane here, I'm sorry. Um, is that, uh, so I, I, once a week, I take estrogen. I take an estrogen shot, okay? So imagine, if you will, going into, going through, um, well, let me, let me back up a little bit. So when I first started transition, I went on estrogen and I was taking a shot once a week. And I said, you know what? I don't feel so bad anymore. It's kind of like somebody that's depressed taking their antidepressants and they say they feel good. They don't need this anymore. Mm-hmm. So I stopped. That was like going, imagine going through um, menopause for somebody who's never gone through um, a PMS, premenstrual cycle thing, and all of a sudden having no hormones at all. I was a, a basket case for months. When you stopped? When I stopped. I get back on, and I feel great. So, you know, if somebody comes up to you and says, Paul, how you feeling? You say, I feel great. So give me a number, 1 to 10. How do you feel? And you're going to say, I feel like a 10 today. The sun is shining. The birds are singing. What I never realized is my 10 was never really higher than a 5 or a 6 when somebody asked me this. And then after I, you know, started the transition and stuff. Now there don't get me wrong, this is not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows. I can imagine it's not. <laughs> okay. But my scale now goes to 13. 
It's just amazing. So the inconsistencies, the inconsistency that you felt at age four. Yes. And probably continued to feel that through, to some extent, through adolescence. I yeah. felt that way for half a century. Okay. But, but, but you, you covered it up by being busy. By, yes, keeping the okay. mind active so that I didn't really ever think about it. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I thought about it all the time, okay. but it was always in the background. But what I'm saying is I'm trying to summarize and make, for our listeners, make it clear that when you were taking these estrogen shots, yes. that inconsistency diminished. Went away. Went away. Yes. Now, I take two different, two different drugs, okay? One is an anti-testosterone. One is estrogen. Estrogen is a pretty weak hormone in the sense of hormones. So you have to, you have to block the testosterone from doing its thing. Okay. So I take it, and an, it's called an anti-androgen. Um, because testosterone is an androgen, okay. and and that blocks the testosterone. And I was on that for like two months, and then I started taking the estrogen to, because your body can't survive without some hormone, whether it's testosterone or estrogen. That osteoporosis starts to set in, things like that. So okay. you can't do that for very long. But that's and then the estrogen, and and I just feel great. And this all started about three years ago. This started October of 2015. October of 2015, so less than three years ago. Yeah. Okay, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Could I could I ask a question? Please. You said early on in the in beginning to tell your story that there this dysphoria appears to be the result of uh, I, don't, I don't remember if you said an imbalance of chemicals, a mixing up of chemicals, or or whatever in the womb. So by taking the anti-testosterone and, and the estrogen, is that, can we say that now you're in balance? So that the, the womb left you imbalanced? But no, no, it's different. So think of it this way. Do you know the term intersex? It's, it's another rarity. It's there's another term for it, and off the top of my head, I can't remember it. It's people who are born with both, both parts, yes. both or neither, or pieces and parts of both. Right. Okay. I am. Yeah. Okay. There yeah. are different levels of that. Some people have a little bit of one and a lot of another, or a lot of the other and a little bit of the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. What happens with somebody? And, and the mind goes with this. I mean, of Jane, you think you think you're a woman. You feel like <laughs> I think a woman, so, yeah. Paul. I'm assuming you feel, you know, what it's it's a foreign concept to you to feel your gender, but hmm. imagine the people that are intersex that don't have any external visible differences. They're not really carrying either one, but the mind didn't sync up correctly. That's what this is. It's for those of us that are. I'm going to say intersex, but I'm I'm not been diagnosed with that because I don't, you know, my physical body is all of one gender. My mind is a different one. I see. When I, I was uh, preparing for this show, you had get, recommended that I go to a website, uh, G L A A D Transgender Media. Yes. And there was a lot there to read. And I skimmed, and they defined some terms very quickly. Okay. And some of them are real basic. Sex, 
That's what you're assigned when you're born by a five-second examination. Right, yeah, and that's what my birth certificate says. Right, and gender ID, which is not visible, which is that, and I I didn't write the definition down, it's what you consider yourself. Correct. So you think of yourself as a he or you think of yourself as a she. That's correct. That's what you identify as to which gender. So the, uh, the dysphoria is when those are inconsistent. And you feel a discomfort. A, clinically, it's a prolonged discomfort with that. So could you spend a few minutes talking about, at four, you probably, you just felt some something that wasn't right. quite right. Right. What did that feeling feel like at 10, at 15, at 20, at 25? Oh, that's tough. That's oh, a, I know it's that's, tough. That's a tough, because that was a, you know, that wasn't yesterday. Um, I can tell you at four, I would look at my mom and I would look at my dad and I'd say, I'm going to grow up. I want to be like mom. And I knew I wasn't going to be. Okay. Sadness. Okay. That would be, um, that would, I guess that's the best way to describe it would be sadness. Okay. About the time puberty started. So what's that? Eighth, ninth, 10th grade ish area. Mm-hmm. And, and that's ba- basically when, you know, when all of my friends started to develop one way and I started to develop one way and, and, and I didn't want to develop the way I was developing and I wanted to develop the way all my female friends were. And it, it, you start getting, you start feeling something. You're not quite sure what it is because you're all confused. You're like, I, I know this is right, but this is really what I want. I, I really want that side of the equation, not this side of the equation. It wasn't until... Was that sadness again? It's sadness. Not anger? Well, we'll get there. Okay. So eventually by... Okay, so this would have been... I was probably about 50. And I started to realize that this sadness is envy. Mm. And envy quickly turns to anger. And it was just unbearable. The people that were around me suffered for it. And um, it was just a bad situation. It just got worse and worse. And um, were you still married? I was still married at the time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and unfortunately, she she took the brunt of it. Sure. Um, there, we had a lot of, you know, I don't want to say knockdown dragout fights, but you know, there was a lot of verbal confrontation there. I didn't like it. She didn't like it. By the way, we're best friends. Before I came here, we had dinner together oh, you know, at one of the restaurants downtown. So, and and did, did, did you in your in, inside know what you were angry at? Um, did I know? I would say by, by the beginning of October, well, the anger, the, the envy and jealousy started, I would say, in, in early 2015. Okay, you know, it went from sadness to, you know, I, I wish I could do this, whatever. And then I started, and then, then it just became I had to do this from and I wish were, I could. Were you invested in the literature? Had you been studying? No. So that happened after you talked to your sister. Yeah, she's the one that figured out what this so was. So you were really a basket case with nothing to hang on to because you didn't know what you were dealing with. Exactly. Because I figured that all transgender people were angry that they were... The wrong gender. I was never mad that I was a guy. And I just wanted 
You just longed for something else. I just longed for something else. And it's, it's more than a longing. It's more of a hunger that you have to satisfy. You, you know the term hangry. When you yeah. get hungry, you get angry. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. that term. Oh, you're all, yeah. <laughs> there you go. You got a new one. Um, so it, that's what it is. It's, it's, it's total, you need something to satisfy this. And that's what did it. Okay. <laughs> now, for our listeners, this is Conversations on WVLP 103.1. And this is a conversation that is is probably awkward for most people to to listen to uh, because these are concepts that we are not familiar with. And I have to say that I am fully appreciative of the fact that we as a society are starting to open our eyes to the varieties of humanness. And this is a variety that needs to be explored because we need to treat everybody with respect. I appreciate that. we don't get there unless we understand what's going on. Otherwise, we just think, well, that's strange. Uh, and it, it probably is until you, until you invest a little bit in, and I say the literature, what people have written, what people have explored. And I think this radio show is an example or a, a portion of that. And I, and I hope it, it, it serves to educate us that we need to know about this. Jane, do you, do you have a thought? No, I was, I was just... I was just thinking of several things along the way that have helped me begin to understand. And I wish I'd looked up these things before I came into the studio, but one was a National Geographic magazine that I'm thinking it it was either uh, November, uh, November or December of 2016 or January 2017, around that time. Uh, the whole issue was devoted to all the various terms and the variations on the continuum regarding sexuality, gender, identity, all, all those things. And, uh, and then there were some first-person stories in it that were so good. And the other thing that com- comes to mind as I'm hearing Denise's uh, and especially when you mentioned the woman who was your wife, uh, there was a, a movie about a couple in Minnesota, you know, kind of a farm couple, very, uh, I don't know, uh, Midwestern. <laughs> um, and uh, the husband in that case just could no longer, he tried, he tried, he tried, he, he could no longer bear to to live as a man when he wanted to be a woman. And um, it was so well done, the, the whole transition and the, and the, the, uh, the, especially the relationship between the husband and the wife. And how they dealt with that, and so I hope I, I don't I, I don't want to pry at all, but I wonder, you know, how you was that difficult to work out once you made the decision of what you were going to do? Um, I'm guessing it had to have been hard at first, but it seems like you've come to a really good place. Yes, it's taken a long time. I think the movie you're referring to is a movie that was 2003 called Normal, and it was. 
it was somebody transitioning who worked for John Deere yes. in Normal, Illinois. Yes, I that believe was, that's right. That was a very powerful movie that took me multiple tries to get all the way through it. Um, it, it's, it has some very impactful scenes that actually my therapist, who I went to every week for six months, um, suggested no no it was more than a suggestion she said a homework assignment watch this movie i don't care what it takes go find it um and it took me days and days to watch the whole thing so i'd go through this and you know think about what is this person going through and what the and it it, it was very um you know no spoilers here it was a very impactful movie for me mm-hmm. so yeah it, it, and for um, me yeah so um so it, was it hard I would say that right now I am probably one of the happiest people on earth except one thing. I really wish the marriage hadn't ended. Um, I totally understand why it did. I hold, you know, again, she's my best friend. We, we, I come out all the time. And so um, it just is what it is. And you just have to move on. People... People grow apart, and and unfortunately, this wasn't just grow apart. These are we just split apart, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the way it is. So. And how about for your kids? That's a work in progress. <laughs> so we'll just uh, As my, it was my kids. The... My kids are still. You know, I talk to them. I I see them. We all get together for Christmas. We got together for Thanksgiving. They all came up to my place in Chicago, and and did uh, Thanksgiving together, and then we did Christmas together in in New York. Um, so my son lives in New York. Um, my daughter works at Notre Dame. So, you know, it, we get together on occasion. So mm-hmm. I'm good with that. So, good. That's yeah. good. So I heard you initially at uh, a Human Relations Council meeting a week ago. Tomorrow. Was it, it was a week ago. It was yeah, last, last Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and you made a very brief presentation. And during part of that presentation, you said that this was a life, and de- life or death decision on your part. So... I'm paraphrasing. No, no, no. You're, I, I did. I, I don't know if I use those exact words because I will never say that this was a choice. This wasn't a choice for me. Look, you're, However, the choice that people say, but you waited until so long. And I said, well, it got to the point where I either had to not live anymore. I'll let you read between the lines on what that means right. and do this. That's what the difference was. The choice wasn't being who you are it was living out who you are exactly and you essentially said you had to make this transition yes or exactly right um and not to throw statistics out because i promised myself i wouldn't do it except for this one 42 percent of people who are transgender at one point in their life tried to commit suicide think about that 42 percent not thought about it actually tried that's almost half Okay, the normal the normal number is like three, four percent. Well, the question was, um, what are the consequences of not responding? Now you've cited one, right? What are the consequences? There have to be people out there who. How common is is dys- dysphoria? Dysphoria. Okay, so that's. A, that's a number that's almost impossible to determine, okay? Uh, back 30 years ago, they thought it was one in 300,000, 100,000, somewhere in that number. Like, not very common. Yeah, well, 
It's it's way more common than that. Now they're the numbers are somewhere near mm, just under one percent. So that's one in a hundred. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Now here's where the challenge comes in. If you had put a survey in front of me before October fifteenth of twenty fifteen, I would have checked the box. It's called cis, which is not trans. So if you are transgender, if you're not transgender, you're cisgendered, which the Latin and all that stuff doesn't matter. I would have checked cis. I would not have checked I'm trans. And so I would have counted in the not trans group. Uh, That's a lie. But I would never have checked that trans box because it's a really slippery slope that once you admit it, then you start thinking about it more and more and more and more and more, and it's 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 like you know a runaway nuclear explosion. Interesting way to think of it. I'd never thought of it that way. But. So I repeat the question. Okay, please do. The consequences prior to October of 2015. How does it manifest itself, living <clears throat> as a gender that you're not? You said ah, sad. Okay. And then eventually envy and angry. Right. But I want some. I want some flesh on those words. <laughs> You know, you talk a lot about a lot of with this stuff with your therapists and things, and you know, you come up with you get psychoanalyzed and all this stuff, but it, it, it does help. So the number one thing, I, you know, I'm glad I went to therapy, and 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 you know, I start to th- figure my own stuff out. But right. to answer your question on this, I was probably the world's greatest actor. Okay, how's that? So um, I mimicked everything, everything that I have ever done, I mimicked. Somebody else. So when I was growing up, I watched what all the boys did and had to mimic that. It wasn't natural. Okay. All the guy things that I did. You should have seen how bad I was at Little League. Oh, my God. (laughs) I didn't even play my last year. It was terrible. Um, Just because that's what all the boys in the neighborhood did, you know? And, And so I became a really good mimic. Interesting. And and um, if I ever let my guard down for a minute, I would start just doing random things that just society doesn't consider guy type things. For example, um, the way I would stand. Okay. Little things like that. The way I would sit. Okay. Um, Anything along those lines. So I, I didn't bring it with me, but it, I have some pictures of me from high school, and I actually posted one on Facebook the other day, and, and somebody's comment was, oh, my God, you look like a girl even back then. <laughs> and I said, yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. But, you know, just little things. I'd let my hair grow out. It just, it just made me feel better to do that. Now that was in the 70s with the hippies and, and all that stuff. But most of my friends had short hair, but I just let it go. Yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. It just made me feel better. Okay, so you, mm-hmm. the mimicking yeah. and the, uh, the the brief release that makes you kind of a, a somewhat of a, a strange bird. How about target for bully? Yeah, well, that. Okay, <laughs> let's go with that. <laughs> did that happen? All the time. Oh, it did? Oh, yeah, I used to have... I, <laughs> And the long, this is a funny story, and, and Steve, if you're listening, I'm sorry, not, not, not my son Steve, another Steve. Anyway, um, so when I had long hair, he would just walk up to me and, and take my hair and just put it behind my ears and say, there you go, Danielle. 
<laughs> or, you know, whatever, you know, you know, Christy or, you know, whatever name he happened to just pick up at the time. And, and, and he'd walk away and I would just get really mad, ver- you know, visibly really mad. And I'd just, put, you know, put it back. <laughs> Made me feel good, though. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what, what that individual thought was bullying ended up being reaffirming. Mm-hmm. So the, the consequences of not responding include um can i interrupt one thing though sure okay i would not change anything i have ever done okay i was not ready to transition until two years ago wow before that i was not ready mentally or so socially so shows socially socially right i have had a great wife and a great friend, and I have two of the best children in the world. Had I transitioned 50 years ago, none of that. I define myself by the actions that I've taken for my entire life. I do not define myself by the actions that I've taken in the last two years. Big part, yes, but not everything. I, am, I, I coached ice hockey for 12, 10, 12 years. I, you know, the whole bit. And, and I, I was a great dad. At least I think I was. Um, they, they ended up okay. They moved out right after college. So I did something right. <laughs> That's what they're supposed to do. That's what they're supposed to do. Okay. Just checking. I know a lot of people that don't. Um, so I, I don't regret anything. Nothing I have ever done do I regret. You have really been fortunate. Yes, I have. So I have a lot of friends that run the gambit of, of transition that are 22, all the way up to some that are in their 70s that are just starting this. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, there you go. You know, so you can imagine everybody's at a different age mm-hmm. in their life. Now, one thing that older transitionees have that younger ones do not is we have a social net. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got a job. I have a pension. I have a 401k. You know, I've got all this that... If, if the company that I work for, now I work in Illinois, they can't do anything. And, in fact, the company I work for is awesome about it. But um, the younger people, the people that are 22, 23, 24, they're going out and getting job interviews. And when they say, you know, have a seat, sir, they say, uh, please, it's ma'am. Or I use they, them pronouns. and st- it's So, uh, you know... They're torn between do they need to be their authentic self or do they need to follow societal norms to get a job right. so that they can live? Right. And in some cases, mom and dad say, see ya. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. That yeah. is. Yeah, and we could talk more about that. But And you didn't go through that because this did not become... Not you, only, were, you weren't ready. I, I wasn't ready back then. Now, and neither was society. Yeah. Well, I think, I think there's yeah. a huge amount of change. I mean, you have a network. I sure do. And I don't think that network was around in 66. Oh, yeah, no, I guarantee you it was not. You know, the Internet, you know, there's. I have a lot of friends that I've met through the Internet, and we talk all the time. In fact, I've gotten together with some that are in Florida. I've gotten together with some in Philadelphia. I'm actually leaving. I'm going down to Bogota, Colombia in the middle of the summer to meet some people down there and a couple of us from here are getting together and, and then flying down. I mean, we're going, yeah. So I've got this nice social net to, 
right. to fall back on, and, and the younger people do not. And it is interesting to, to the degree that technology has facilitated that. Yes. I say that almost every day now. Yeah. <laughs> for, for different things, not for this. No, topic, no, no, but, right. But for all kinds Everything. of things. Everything, sure. I'm thinking about the high school kids who reacted to the school shooting and how amazingly quickly they utilized technology oh, yeah. to spread their message. Yeah, and they did a good job with it. So, what sort of political issues do you guys wrestle with? <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about them bears? <laughs> 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 I don't know what quite the, what that means. All right, so at work, you have you have found your transition to be welcomed. Uh, yes, if not welcomed, at least well, maybe welcomed. Welcomed. Okay. So so I'll tell you all about that. So um, can I mention the company? Absolutely. I work for Northern Trust Corporation. Company corporation, I guess. Bank. It's a bank. Okay. In Chicago, we are uh, huge. It's the only way to describe it. 15,000 employees in, like, I should have looked this up, but like eight countries, 10, 25 countries. I have no idea. We're all over okay. the place. We're big. Um, so uh, 15,000 employees. Uh, I am the second person to transition at work. The first person who did that was 10 years ago. So I'm looking at these statistics of one in 100, and I'm thinking somebody else here is lying <laughs> or right. lying yeah. to themselves. or what? Statistically, this is not possible. So one of the things that, that I did last June, during the, so LGBTQ people, there, there's a, a Pride Month and all this stuff. So in June, we have all sorts of activities. So one of the things that I did was I joined this other person who transitioned at work, um, Sandy. And Sandy and I put on a presentation similar to this conversation here. It was, okay. you know, Trans 101. Right. And we had about 60 or 80 people that showed up. And, all employees? And all, I'm going to say yes, all employees. There could have been some consultants. But, yeah. It Does was she all, work in your office? She works in another building, but, yes, in, but, in but Chicago. in Chicago. Okay. Yep. Uh, so I came out in the, at the bank in February of last year, 2017, so just over a year ago. And uh, Sandy retired in July. So it was kind of like I I trailed behind Sandy for a little while to figure out what she was doing, and she disappeared. And and mm -hmm. so yeah, we we still talk all the time, and 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 she's great. But um, so so I put on these trans one ones for the bank to see who's going to be you know just just whatever. And my goal there is to just let people know how successful this is. Now one of the things that my company does, and I suggest that how any successful what is. Uh, how successful my transition is. I'm sorry. Okay. At the bank. So one of the things that um, that Northern has done is they have written guidelines for transition at Northern. That is wow. absolutely amazing. It's 10 pages long. The first four pages are definitions, just like what you saw at the GLAAD right. site, at the GLAAD site. Right. And it just defines what is all this stuff that's going on. And there are four pages, five pages, so it's ten pages long, four on definitions, five on stuff that the employees around the transitionee has to do. Use the right pronouns, use whatever. The last two paragraphs in the whole thing are for the person who's transitioning. Everything else is for everybody else around. And I started thinking about this, and I'm like, you know, that's right. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Nobody else does. So it, it actually made a lot of sense for, for, for this document. And that document was spread around the bank 
you know, um, two weeks before my old person didn't show up at work one day and then the new person did show up at work one day and there you go. You prompted a question. I may want to come back to work in a little bit, but you said you know what you're doing. Well, well, yeah. here you are, uh, 56 years old uh-huh. and, and two and a half years uh, presenting yourself as a woman. Only a year. Only it a took year. me a year to get comfortable to do that. Okay. So okay. only a year after 55 years right. of being the best actor in the world. Yes. So you learned a lot. Yes. Were there... Were there oopses? In, in your, which direction? In your presentation <laughs> since your transition? Not in presentation. All right, so... I mean, it, it, it takes a lot of learning to be a woman. Ooh, think of it this way. How about this? Um, Jay, how, long, how long does it take you to go through puberty? When you went through puberty originally... That was a long time ago, it, it, it was at least, what, five years? <laughs> You're scoring um, big points. Thank you. So you mean like maybe from when I first started menstruation? No, to... it's like when you first started playing with your hair and and start... oh goodness! I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll give you a number: twelve years. You mean twelve starting at twelve years of age, or do you mean it took you about twelve years to figure out everything that you were gonna do? So I'm talking. Most of middle school, that those awkward years, yeah. okay, all of high school, and through college when you were defining yourself yeah. and figuring out yeah. what you're going to be. Yeah. So, I so, would agree. All right, mm-hmm. so let's go with eight to eight to ten. Let's go ten. Mm-hmm. Ten years, okay? I get ten months. <laughs> Not only do I get ten months to learn how to be feminine, female, whatever, whatever word you want to use, I have ten months to unlearn. 55 years of guyness. Well, that was the, the basis of my question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a learning curve that's exceedingly steep. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's put it that way. And all right, so the two hardest things. So you might think, you know, transition is, you know, what is, what is it that's the hard thing about it, okay? And the answer is there are two things. And for anybody that happens to be listening to this, okay, who's thinking, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I should look into this. The two things that you start on first Number one is facial hair. Get rid of it. Okay? <laughs> it takes a year to do that of electrolysis. It takes about a year. So the hormones don't do that? Uh, hormones will lighten it. Okay. And if you start before, before puberty, you're all set. You know, if you, if you start with the antiandrogens before you get the male whiskers growing, you're fine. Right. But if you wait, you know, if you're in your, I would say, 30, 25 years old and up, getting rid of and... Not only does it take a long time, it's expensive. Of everything that you can do, that's one of the most expensive things. You did this. I have not done the electrolysis yet. I use laser, and that gets rid of all the dark hair. I have some light hair left, and and that's coming soon. But if you are dark-complexioned with, you know, a full, uh, you know, Grizzly Adams-type beard, you're out 20 grand of electrolysis. Goodness. And it's painful. Yeah. It's 12 hours, six days for Good. two people. It, 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 the way it's described is think of a bee sting every second for 12 hours <laughs> on your face. Okay. Ouch. <laughs> yeah, that ouch is a good way to describe that. Okay, so that's number one. You got to start on the hair. And the other thing is the voice. Now, Paul, you and I were talking slightly, you know, briefly before we came on here. I, I mentioned that I, w- I worked at a radio station. What right. I didn't mention was I was <laughs> the morning guy. Okay. For years. And I had the male 
voice. You were down here. I was down there. <laughs> Which is not where I am normally either. <laughs> uh, in fact... It's certainly not where you are now. No, it is not. Have you modified your voice? Uh, sl- some, yes. And and there's a lot to do with uh, on voice training. Um, but, f- for example, my daughter was a swimmer, and she swam at the high school. And I used to announce at the high school swim meets. And one after I did it the first time, one of one of my daughter's friends came up and said, I, I want your dad to follow me around all day long and just announce, and now, <laughs> you know, whatever. It, it just, you know, so. And, and, and actually, you may know my brother. Um, he's, he does the announcing at the basketball games. My voice is exactly like his. Really? So if you think of what, what you know, the, yeah. the, yeah. what he sounds like, that's what I sounded like. Your, your voice could... Uh could be, uh, I think, acceptable. It, Your voice is quite, uh, quite feminine. Thank you. But it it could also be acceptable uh, in, in a, uh, a male. Yes, and, and it can go either way. Right. So if I talk on the phone to somebody, I never get, I, I never get um, challenged. I no, I never get gendered correctly. Oh, okay. So I'm always Sir this and Mister that, and right. I tell them the name and. Oh, okay, Dennis. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Your voice again. is quite effective. Yeah. Try again. But when I'm in person, the visual aspect helps. Right. Yeah. So. Right. So, I would have assumed that walking in girls' shoes, uh, wearing different clothing, I, th- I would have thought those would would have been a substantial challenge. No. No. No, because this is natural. That's the missing link. This is natural for me. Wearing, I'm going to say, guy clothes? Yeah. Um, if I were to put on what you're wearing now, I would probably just rip them off. It, it, they're uncomfortable <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just... <laughs> Many people feel that way about the way I dress. Oh, no, you, <laughs> look, like, you look fine. I do like the jacket that you've got on. <laughs> it's just an old flannel shirt. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, we, we haven't stepped in any real deep stuff yet. Okay, you want, you want a deep one? Sure. Okay, so picture this. You're walking down the street, okay, a, a city street, an empty city street, okay? And somebody comes out of the revolving Starbucks here okay. and walks and starts walking towards you. What's the first thing you notice about the person? Uh, here, so I put you on the spot. Exactly. What, what's the first thing you're going to notice? You might notice their there's sex. Okay. You might notice. I don't know what you notice. Exactly. But the only reason that you say that is because we're talking about the Probably. gender. Okay. Most people say their height, their weight, oh, their sure. clothes, their, their hair, their physicality, right. whatever. At some, uh, surprisingly, I had a lot of people that answered that with, are they happy or not? I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> it, it, when I ask this, I usually ask this at the beginning of a conversation like this, and I never get, well, their gender. Well, the right answer is their gender. Think of this. I think that's really an appropriate answer because we behave significantly differently based on their gender. Yes, you do. But you don't think about it. That's the difference. It's pretty automatic. It's all automatic. And you never think about gender. So my wife and I, one night, we were watching TV and whatnot. Commercial comes on. We're just chatting. And I say, how often do you ever think about your gender? How often do you think, I'm a woman? I ask her. And, and she says, what are you talking about? And I say, well, you know, how often do you, do you think, you know, you get up in the morning and, you, you know, you, I'm a woman. And, and it's like such a foreign concept. And I'm assuming you, just by the looks on your faces. That, <laughs> that we don't think about that. You know, no, that's all I thought about. Think of that. 
Think of how much energy I've wasted in 50 years yeah. getting up and just this constant in the back of my mind thinking, you're a guy. You're still a guy. <laughs> you're still a guy. You're a guy. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it, it's very difficult. Um, so you asked also one thing. I was just going to throw a random thought out. One of the things that, you know, what was it like going through puberty and whatnot? When I first was, um, I, I am not a religious person in any way, shape, or form. Never have been. Um, but I used to pray every night that I'd wake up being a girl. Yeah, interesting. And once that started, you know, and, you know, obviously after a while you get to the point where, well, this isn't going to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you kind of abandon that yeah. idea. But I just, I remember doing that for years when puberty first started. I think that's a very insightful I don't know if it's insightful, but I think it is an insight-inspiring statement. I remember growing up, I was overweight. And I, You're not now. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> and I used to pray that I, that I would lose my, 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 my fat. Uh, I never did. No, well, you I did mean, now. Well, it, it took growing up and, and doing stuff about it. Here you go. Yeah, that's right. It, <laughs> it, it took uh, responding to it. But the praying for it, it is testimony that there's a real yearning. Yeah. And that's, that's, I think that's what you're communicating yeah. to us. It, it's, it's, an, it's an inner need. It's like hunger. You need to eat. And that's what this is. Okay, so you're back in, you grew up in Valpo. I actually grew up in New Jersey. Okay, so when did you come to Valpo? 87. 87. So you spent a number of years in Valpo. Uh, 31. Okay, you spent 31 years uh, as uh, not Denise. That is correct. And so you know a lot of people. I certainly do. And you're walking down the street, and you haven't seen so-and-so in 10 years, but you know that you and he were close. Happens all the time at work. I've been with the same company for 30 years. How do you deal with that? I say hi. I smile. (laughs) And they smile back, and they say hi. And we keep right on walking. And they have no idea who I am. (laughs) People, literally, people that I would work with, I've worked with for, well, I've switched positions at the bank a couple of times, but there's a whole group of people that I haven't seen in 10 years, okay? And, and uh, <laughs> Okay, so I, you're have put no at idea. the same table for a conference. Yeah. And your name, or well, the name tag isn't good. Yeah, the name, name. tag is going to give it away because the, the last name is the same. Only if it just says Denise, they would never know. Oh, I've had that happen too where I, have, where I introduce, some, introduce myself as Denise Bowker, and they're like, hmm that means nothing to me. And, and, and so I had to explain it to them. And, and oh, okay. <laughs> it was like, you know, it, it's, it's strange. It's, okay. it's interesting. It, it's strange. It's, it's strange. strange. I actually enjoy it. And, and <laughs> well, you are a conniver. You, you I have, something like that. You have been blessed with or developed a wonderful sense of humor. Thank you. That must have. Uh, helped you maybe still does, still does but I suspect that that, that has been a, a, a big asset that you carried with you is your sense of humor I think so others might not think so but I think so <laughs> so I have a question which is kind of obscure I guess in a way but I was just it, it seems to me that the more important thing is that you, Denise, are female 
in your own mind and in the way you you dress, you, you I talk, present. you present. Maybe not everybody at this point in time, imme- the immediate impression might not be that. But it seems to me that it's how you feel about yourself that is really the more important thing. Not that you don't, I mean, I'm sure you want everyone else to see the true Denise, but it looks to me like what you've come to already in yourself is the larger part, and the rest will follow. Yes, yes. So so I love my sister. My sister saved my life, okay? I mean, she. I would call her every day for a long time. Or if I didn't call, we would text. And she had a lot of, you know, bits of wisdom that she would send to me every day. One of them is, nobody cares. <laughs> the only people that really care is my immediate family. And when I mean immediate, that would be my wife and kids. My siblings and my parents, who are perfectly fine with, with all this, and I'm going to go see them next weekend and all this stuff. But... Um, Nobody else cares. Does it affect you? No. So you got to get. I, I got to get over that. Nobody, That's a good life nobody lesson cares. in general. Exactly. Yeah. Everybody's so self-absorbed. They don't. That's care. right. Um, so that was number one. Number two was you shouldn't care either. <laughs> Be yourself, because nobody cares. It just kept coming back to nobody else cares. And the other thing that she told me, and I don't know where she picked up this little nugget, but it it helped me get through a lot of stuff. And one was, you're going to have days that are up days, and you're going to have days that are down days. You're going to have days that are not only down, but in the cellar down. I mean, way down days. So what I want you to do is I want you to take the good days. And this applies for anything. If you're struggling with anything in life, you're going to have good days. So what I want you to do is to bank them. I want you to remember the feeling of the, the euphoria, the joy, the happiness, all the positive things. And I want you to put that in a mental bank. And on those days that you're feeling down, stop, pause, whatever you're doing, take a breath, close your eyes, put your hands in your lap, and think of one of those days that you've put into the bank. And after a while, you'll find that your bank account grows and grows quickly because you're not withdrawing as much as often. That got me through a lot. And the other thing that's helped me get through all this is I have removed, as best I can, and I've done a really good job doing this, all negativity from my life. All of it. If somebody is negative, I will either stop them and say, not interested, or I'm leaving, you know, I would just whatever is a negative aspect, a negative thing, whatever is going on, I will just stop doing it. That has helped almost as much as anything else. So you're talking about, you know, my sense of humor and whatever. I, I don't think it's a sense of humor. It's just my joyous presentation. Mm-hmm. I am now a joyful person. I, I'm not it, negativity. <laughs> going back to the politics, I just. I, I absorb it and I listen to it. I know I can't do anything about a lot of that, but yeah. the things that I can do something about, I do something about. I was going to use the word resilience. 
That's a good one. That's the word that I was I was thinking about. Well, what's next for Denise's transition? Is there a next? Um. Yeah, and that is a personal thing. Okay. I, I continue to improve um, my presentation. Okay. Let, let's go with that. Um, so there's a lot of trans etiquette, and we haven't even touched on that or gender or pronouns or anything. <laughs> we could go on for another two hours. I told right. you we could, this could be long. <laughs> um, uh, that's one question you're never supposed to ask is what's next. Okay. okay. Because even I don't know. When I started this, I had no idea if I was going to go all the way. I had no idea. None. You were sticking your toe in the water. Pretty much. And it felt warm. And it, yeah, and it's felt like you might, you might just as well put your whole foot in, and then you put in two feet, and right. then you, you know. Well, then let me ask this question. Sure. Um, I, was, I started to phrase it, what would you tell those people out there who, for whom your story resonates as perhaps their story? But now I want to expand the question. Mm -hmm. What do you tell people who, who are open enough to want to learn about this, whether they are uh, acknowledging that they share some of your story or they just want to know more so they can be more respectful. Where can people go for resources? I would say the Internet. Be careful where you search. Don't do it at work because <laughs> there's some interesting sites that you're, you're apt to pop up on. All right, so we'll start with that. Okay. Um, I actually have an email account that people can send an email to if they want. It's called... Oh, what is it? Uh, Trans questions, T R A N S Q U E S. This is your. This is my one, at yahoo.com. Trans, trans questions, questions at Yahoo. At Yahoo. And they're gonna get. And they'll goodies. get me. Yeah, I'm the only one that you know. Okay, so this is this is a personal. It's something. Yeah, I just set it up specifically for this. And what was the name of that movie? Normal. Normal. The, okay. There is a whole bunch of different normals. I believe it's 2000. You know, it might have been two. Oh, shoot, I'm thinking it's either 2003, 2008, or 2009. It's um. Well, there can't be two dozen of them, so they'll find it. Yeah, you'll find it. Okay. And, and it's uh, a, a trans woman, so a guy becoming a, a woman that worked at... Uh, John Deere. At John Deere, thank you. And the other movie that uh, that is of interest is the one that won the best foreign film this year called A Fantastic Woman. Oh, my gosh, Was you think Normal was an impactful movie. You should hear that. You should see that one. So, Denise? We have run out of time. I understand that. I want to thank you a lot for coming in and telling your story and educating uh, all of our listeners. This show, if you came in in the middle, will be rebroadcast Thursday at 11 o'clock. No, Thursday at noon and Saturday at noon. And if you can only get it in a crackly form over the air, go to WVLP.org and listen to it on the Internet. It will be clear as a bell everywhere in the world. Jane Schreiner, would you like to say goodnight? Good night. <laughs> Denise, thank you very much. Thank you, Paul.